My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is a joyful day. It's actually supposed to be one filled with great melody and excitement and exuberance. Because on this day at Matins, at the Ecos, we were singing the Eremoi that we would sing at Pascha. It is the chosen day. It is the day of resurrection. It's a glorious theme this day. One filled with light and love. In my home growing up, we had a lot of symbols and signs that there was love in the house. Not just mom and dad and when they'd show affection, but pictures on the walls and, and little ornaments, things that, you know, that someone gave somebody. And mom wanted to keep all of those little trinkets. They were all a sign of love, an exchange of love. Even Pawnee Kelly and I do that. In our early days, it was exchanging Christmas ornaments, you know, with the years and the dates on it. And so we'd have our little ornaments. We even have the first ones. But it's a symbol of, of the love that we're sharing with each other. Today, we celebrate the Feast of the Cross. We're celebrating the greatest symbol of love that's ever been. The greatest sign of love. You see, God could have become incarnate walked the earth, give us his commandments, showed us how to live, done all these wonderful, marvelous things, healed the sick, and everything. And then he could have said, okay, this is how you do it, and ascended. But his love for us was so deep and so great that he couldn't leave us in the state that we were in, in that corrupted state that state of death, that state of sinfulness with no hope of forgiveness. And the only way to do that was to take that flesh that he had received from the Virgin Mary and nail it to the cross. Willfully allowing himself to do it. The deepest act of love, laying down one's life for a friend, even laying down one's life for an enemy, laying down one's life for one who would betray you, even centuries later. An incredible sign of love. I often think of all the symbols, especially this time of year during Lent, where wood has been used to bring about a change, to bring about an improvement. We've been reading about Noah, so how can you miss the wood of the ark? We'll soon be reading about Abraham and Isaac, and how can you forget about the wood that was on Isaac's back? Isaac, so trusting of his father. So trusting with the wood on his back. So trusting him even when he was laid on the altar to be struck down by his own father. I think of the wood of Moses and that great staff. I think of the wood of Moses and the staff at the Red Sea, and nobody parts the Red Sea like Charlton Heston in Cecil B. DeMille's version. That mighty scene, that great staff, and the waters parting. I think of the wood when they were out in the wilderness and they were thirsty. They came across a pool, and the pool was brackish. You couldn't drink it. 
So God told Moses, take that particular tree and throw the wood, the tree of the wood, into the water. And it made the water sweet and drinkable. And then I think about the wood of the cross. Think about all the symbols that we possibly could have used for, for our salvation, the you know, things that brought about, but Christ chose the cross. Not a samurai sword. Not an axe. But a cross. The wood of the cross. So when I think about all those things, I think about that undying love that my God has for me. I think about that love as I look upon the cross that's in the rectory wall and throughout the rectory and in the office. How many times have I talked to God on that cross? How many times have I spoken to the cross as if it was Jesus himself because Christ and his cross are inseparable? How many times do I kiss my pectoral cross or the cross I'm wearing in my undercastment clothes? Be with me, Jesus. Be near me, Jesus. Every time I touch it, I look upon it, I think about it. It's a sign of my love for God and a reminder that my God loves me unconditionally, even in the mess that I find myself in at that moment. The cross is given to us on this day to remind us of what is in store for us. Remind us of what has happened and why all this needed to take place to show us how much He loves us. From that font to that cross comes the grace for us to endure all the troubles that come our way. We learn from the cross of Jesus that we don't try to shun the trials in life, try to run away from them, try to escape it through drugs or alcohol or some other thing. The cross gives us the grace to endure. It gives us the grace to endure if we just cling to it. But the only way to participate in this grace, this grace to endure, is if we have the conviction, the utter assurance in our own heart that one rose from the dead. That one rose from the dead that gave the cross its power. If you don't have that insurance, that assurance that one rose from the dead, then you're going to hedge your bets. You're going to pray to God, and you're going to cling to the cross, but you're going to try to do it in such a way as if you can control the situation, you can escape it or change the situation somehow. It's outside of your control. We hedge our bets when we fill ourselves with anxiety and fear and anger, trying to control and manipulate others. We're hedging our bets because we don't believe that one rose from the dead. But if you believe the witnesses that saw it, that he died on it, that they saw him three days later, with the wounds still from the marks that he received from the cross, if you believe that, 
then the cross will bring you great comfort and peace. Because it reminds us that this is the day of resurrection. Oh, people, let us be enlightened by it. This is the chosen day. These are the hymns that confirm our faith. So this day is a day of great celebration. We throw our down on ourselves in front of the cross humbly, but with conviction of what it has accomplished for us. We who deserve nothing have been given everything. We've been given God Himself in the flesh to give us new life. And not a temporary new life, but eternal life. So let us bow to the cross and glorify His holy resurrection. Cling to it. Allow that grace to give you the endurance to endure whatever comes your way. Because the one who hangs on it, the one who died from it, and the one who rose from it, is with His cross while you hold yours, while you kiss yours, while you venerate yours, and while you pray before yours. You know, everything we do, the cross is present in it. You know, our communion, our Eucharist, the Eucharistic prayers, our baptisms, the cross is, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Even when we're downstairs, when we're downstairs breaking bread together, the cross is there too. The cross of love. The cross of giving. The cross of being present to one another. And not a cross of all its struggle, but of self-giving. That's what the cross is. Self-giving. Christ gave everything for us. And we can do the same for our neighbor. Today reminds us of what is ahead. And it gets, we know it's so glorious. We can see the glory because of what we have gone through as a people. How far we had fallen. How much God had done. And then it's just sheer gift at the other end. All that is required is our fiat. Right? Our yes. Our yes. I accept the gift. I accept the life that he has come to give me. I'm going to follow it. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to strive for it. And then do it. And let God take care of everything else. Because he will. Because we have a God who even rose from the dead. In the person of Jesus Christ. Well, you can't get any more assurance than that. Than God himself at work for us.